Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Do you ever struggle to keep up all the things that you're doing and, and keep them moving in the right direction at the same time? Or have you ever grown frustrated as you've tried to homeschool different children with different needs? If so, then today's episode is just what you need. September McCarthy is joining me today, and you're in for a wisdom and experience-filled treat. September McCarthy is an author, speaker, wife of 31 years, mom to 10 children, and Nana to nine grandchildren. She's been homeschooling for more than 25 years. September is the author of Why Motherhood Matters. She owns and directs a hybrid homeschooling center and co-hosts the Mom to Mom podcast. She also founded and owns September and Company, an online educational resource shop for families. After a short break, I'll be right back with September McCarthy, so stay tuned. I'm so glad to have September McCarthy back with us again. When we first started Teach Them Diligently, I remember getting an email from someone who said, you've got to check out this blog one September day. And I was so green in even the homeschool space or anything that I had no idea who she was. I started following at that point and through the years, just getting to know her better, to hear her story, to see the impact that she's had on families really around the world. It's been such a joy. So September, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm always, always happy to be part of Teach Them Diligently. And this community is one of the best homeschooling communities in the country. I really believe that. And I love the people that listen and follow here. So thank you. It's it's really awesome how God has brought together people that are so like-minded, you know, you were talking about that community, that there's so much that draws us together, so much commonality that we're able to kind of get past the differences. And that's that's a really great thing as you see the body of Christ really bonding together that way. Yes, right. Yeah, I absolutely love even attending conferences or online communities with Teaching Diligently. I have found those are not only my people, but they feel very comfortable with everyone else, even with all of the different types of homeschooling approaches that you'll encounter at conferences or in this online world. I feel like this is a very steady ground and I'm drawn to it and I'm drawn to the people. Everyone will say, oh, I'm so glad you're here again this year or we get to talk with you. But it's really almost in reverse. Like I really look forward to gathering with this community. And so podcasts like today are just a little bonus on top, right? Let's we get to <laughs> talk in the middle of a homeschooling season. Yes, indeed. It is. Yeah. There are a lot of blessings to doing what we do. Get to get to hang out with great people and chat and so on. I'm just, I'm so very grateful. You have a large family and actually your family, not only have you homeschooled a lot of your own kids, but now you get the privilege of homeschooling grandkids and working with a community there locally with the, your resource center and and all the things that you've got going. Can you tell everybody a little bit about kind of your homeschool journey? Because I want to I want to spend some time talking with you today about homeschooling multiple children, because that's a reality for a lot of the people in our audience. And it's it's something that, you know, it, it's nice to hear people's takes on and how they've gotten through it, their approaches, because, you know, every season seems to bring different hurdles to jump through when you've got multiple kids. 
Oh, I'd love to do that. So my journey is unique to myself, but I feel like it's common to many people. So I didn't come from a homeschooling family. I knew nothing about homeschooling. And I came from a small family. So we, my husband and I now have 10 children, which is a big, you know, wowzer to the world. But honestly, it was a very big surprise to us in the essence that we didn't really consider having a big family. We didn't consider homeschooling. I never even considered that. So it was a huge learning curve. I'm not a second generation homeschool mom who came into this with a lot of knowledge and experience. So when I share about homeschooling, I'm super passionate for the person who's doing this for the first time and for the person who feels like they can't do it. And I do want to say that a lot of times people think we're here when someone has a large family that maybe, oh, you know, they have it all together or they have a lot to to say they're high capacity people. And, and I feel like whether you have 10, 5, 2, or 1, it's really a lot of the same principles from homeschooling multiple children to homeschooling maybe one or two. So, and when I really narrow it down, I, I realize this is this is for everyone and everyone can do this, but having a community is important. And that was a big part of my homeschooling journey. And that's now why after raising my 10 kids and I still have four to graduate or three to graduate and homeschooling my own grandchildren. And it's been three decades now, 30 years wow. of homeschooling. I, in this past year with my oldest daughter, who's swore she'd never homeschool, <laughs> she's, now, she's now homeschooling her five children. And she and I started this family enrichment center. We live in upstate New York and in New York state, it's a very difficult homeschooling environment. And there's nothing like this anywhere in New York state. I know this is common if you live in a Southern state, maybe in a different part of the country, but it's not common in the Northeast. And so this was a huge, brave step, but it really kind of piggybacks on the principles of homeschooling multiple children and helping people homeschooling well, which is my top passion, I were to say. If I were to sit down with anyone listening today, I'd say, I just want to help you homeschool well, because, you know, we can homeschool, we can show up and do it, but to do it and love it and get through it and make it to the end and say, wow, what a journey. That was great. Instead of like being discouraged the entire time and it being a drudgery, that's my passion is for people to really get through it with joy. So, so here we are, we have 13 grandchildren, and they're all homeschooling and attending the center. So now we wow. do have second tip. Yeah, second generation of homeschools. And I'm just really excited because now I get to share some of those exciting things that I learned and the passion and the joy to homeschooling that grew in me. And I want to say that very, really clearly to anyone listening, like it really grew in me. I didn't always feel excited about a new year. I didn't always feel like joy in showing up. And there were seasons of a really difficult struggles and multiple children. So our journey has been long, but I'm finishing with joy and I'm grateful for that. I love how you noted that it grew in you because that is so true. And I think that sometimes that growth comes with a little bit of a rearview mirror too. You get a perspective of things that, you know, when you look back and you see the kind of the sum total of the experience was so much bigger and better. Even if you've only done it one year, you look back and you, you know, in the moment, there's frustrations and difficulties and you're weary that you look back and you see, wow, I know my kids so much better. I saw these light bulbs come on. Their eyes are sparkling because they're excited about what they're doing. There is, there is truly a joy that comes in 
and really just sticking with it and and pursuing what God has kind of given you to do and allowing the process to to kind of come full circle and you just stay in it even even when you're weary because you can look back and and get a lot more that that growth that joy will grow in you like you noted and I love the way you put that yeah definitely I I mean I look back and think who was I thinking <laughs> when I first started doing that but sometimes you have to step into step into it and it, and it did grow and you grow with your children and they grow with you mm-hmm. and we all have great conversations about what a different homeschooler I am now oh, and I sure. used to be so you know <laughs> the whole process evolved yeah you know you change and you grow and you change curriculums or you try something new you go to a conference and you meet someone new and you're inspired and mm-hmm. so there are a lot of things along the way that help us to to get to the end Oh, absolutely. And I would imagine if if you've been doing this for three decades, the changes just within the homeschool world, the homeschool realm and the resources available and the opportunities available are so incredibly different from when you started to, you know, kind of now that you're approaching the finish line with your your last children there to graduate. That's a that is a massive, massive amount of time that that would bring in a whole lot of change. Right. A, a lot of change in the homeschool world. You know, when we began homeschooling, there was really nothing. There were two big, big homeschooling companies that still exist today and they're amazing. I still use some of those products and curriculum from them, but there are so many things available for curriculum. There's an online world of homeschooling with online webinars. There's social media and women sharing ideas and encouragement and inspiration. And there are a lot of choices. And yeah. so as much as I see that it, that's really good, it can also be really difficult. So I feel like it was so simple back then. And it's so big right now. Yeah. But sometimes that big comes with comparison and things that make us feel like maybe we should do more. And so, you know, everything has its pros and cons along the journey. So it's like to encourage moms to just take it slow Mm. And just and to take it steady and to pick one thing at a time, because if you try to do all the things you're hearing and seeing, you will become overwhelmed. And so that's always my rule of thumb, just to stay in my lane for a little bit, listen to great godly wisdom and to take on one new thing at a time instead of trying all the new things. So hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. Yeah. And keeping your mind focused on the mission that God has given you, you know, why are you doing this? And then how do all of these things line up under that? You know, they, these things, the, the different curriculums, the different resources, all the opportunities, those should support your goals and your mission as a family, not compete against them. And I think that's where a lot of people get off track is they elevate the things and the opportunities to the same level as the goals and the mission. And there's an awful lot of friction that comes with that. Yeah, there is. And I'm worried about that a lot. And I think about it a lot. I find myself steering myself back to the first mm-hmm. the first love of homeschooling or my choice and realizing that it really is our family first. And when you're homeschooling many children, that is one of the biggest things that always was before my mind is that I have a huge responsibility here. Like it always was very daunting to me to not only homeschool these kids, but we have to get them through life. Like 
they should be learning how to do this and I should be like hugging them and holding them and having sweet times with them. But I'm trying to homeschool all of them. And I was afraid I lived in fear many years that I would miss all those things. And over the years, I realized, wow, this is just part of homeschooling. It's not just homeschooling, you know, first making sure everything's perfect and then fitting in my love for my family. And so over the years, I grew to make it one mission. And, you know, I, a lot of people ask me, how did you do that with a lot of children? And I think that is my number one answer. It's really all the same. It's home and school. It's homeschool. Yeah, it is. And yeah, it's just, it's so important to remind yourself of that. I, I encourage a lot of people have your mission statement where you can see it because it's so, there's so many distractions. There are so many ways to get off kind of off course a little bit and just a tiny little veer, you know, you go down the road and that's a a bigger angle all the way. So keeping yourself grounded, helping, you know, remember keeping things in perspective and really truly lining stuff up with what God has given you to do, which is to disciple your children, to go for their hearts, to prepare them well for life. All of these things are cohesive and homeschooling is truly the best tool in the world for that because it gives you time and conversation and opportunities and all of these things. So your family efforts, your parenting efforts, your homeschooling efforts should be so cohesive and so complementary that it really works together to give you that family environment and those relationships with your kids that you long for. Right. You know, I had a homeschool co-op branding meeting last night and I direct our family enrichment center in New York. But then I, I've always had, I've been running this homeschool co-op. I don't know if anyone listening has a co-op, but I encourage anyone to find or start something like that. Like it's really a great community. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. miss out on the community aspect of homeschooling because they think, how can I fit one more thing in? But it's a really, it's really a great opportunity. And I, in the meeting, we are looking at the classes being offered and available. And I encourage the moms to look at the classes and to think about those things and how they can put them on their IHIP for reporting to the school district, but also to think about them as part of their homeschooling in their home. Like, you know, there might've been a class on how to change a tire or how to take CPR or how to knitting and baking and crocheting. Like, all science labs, all these things. And and I wanted to, and I reminded them that these aren't just things you're going to come here on a Friday and learn. There are things you can be doing in your home and school. And I say these things because they've just become part of like my DNA. After homeschooling 30 years, it's like changing a diaper. You don't even have to pay attention to what you're doing. But I did see so much like a light bulb moment and so many moms who are just starting to homeschool thinking, wait a minute. So these are the, these are the same thing. Like I can, I can make this part of our home. Like this is considered homeschooling too. Like when we're in the kitchen and when we're, you know, reading literature together and we're talking about the story, like it's not just workbooks and it's not just going to the school desk and it's not just about showing up. And so, you know, I think there's a misconception about homeschooling sometimes that you homeschool from eight to one and then you're done. And really just all of life can be you know, an opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think our brains automatically go, we we define education as what we always knew, which is you go, you sit at a desk, you do your worksheets, you, you get the information as handed to you. Whereas as homeschoolers, we have the opportunity to conversationally educate and life on life educate. And it is it is such a beautiful, natural thing. 
But until you get in it and you start experiencing it, it's really even hard to understand because Mm -hmm. all that so many people have ever known is that corporate brick and mortar type education environment. And there really truly is the world is your classroom and you are able to do so much more. And it's it's really exciting. It's really fun. And when you can lose those shackles of that expectation of brick and mortar, you're able to find such freedom too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. And having a community is important. Like, oh, yeah. Whether it's an online community, podcasts, a co-op, in-person meetings, starting your own little group. I think that was a piece that was missing for me for many years. And I felt very stuck. Mm-hmm. So I felt very stuck kind of at home where I thought this is not, this is not enjoyable. I'm sitting in my living room or my kitchen dining room table or a school desk with my kids and we're doing all the things that I felt like we were getting all done, but internally and emotionally, physically as a mom or a woman, I felt very stuck in that place because I didn't have the encouragement or wisdom to seek out community. And so I, I would sit there and think, there's so many things I could be doing, or there's so many things I should be doing, or there's so many things I want to do, but I'm sitting here and this is just my day and I'm going to be stuck here until it's done. So I guess I won't do those things. And so I feel like we as as women or moms, if we're the primary educator, homeschooler, sometimes that can happen. And a lot of times women have said to me, you know, I hear you you all talk about how wonderful homeschooling part of your home just isolated really with the things that have to be doing and so when I consider homeschooling multiple children and ages and my family I just tried to tie in life with my homeschooling so that I wasn't just stopping my life I didn't just stop living and so I could feel like that's a really important thing that all homeschoolers need to be aware of like if we put ourselves in those positions then homeschooling is going to be kind of like a drudgery Right, right. Well, as you homeschooled through the years and, you know, with 10 children, you would have done every age and stage really with multiple levels. Like you would have never been able to get in where you were kind of running. I I had my first three or three and a half years apart, and then there was a little bit of a gap. So I was able, those three actually kind of had a very similar experience, but you've always been kind of juggling all the different levels and stages and having toddlers and littles and bigs and all these things. How did you find or what were some of the strategies, I guess, that you found through the years that you were able to meet the needs of those different ages and stages simultaneously, where you were able to to give the older ones the attention that they need and the direction and then set them free while still loving on and giving the babies and the littles the love and attention that they needed at the same time? Right. I, I think it's a balance. It's something every family has to, you know, figure out their own schedule and figure out what works, of course, for them. But from my experience, I always operated by the principle of three or four things happening at the same time. And I share this in a lot of times when I first say that people, women will say to me, well, I just don't operate in that way. I can't think of more than one thing at a time. I'm very singularly focused. And I said, well, really, it's not up to you to remember that those four things are going on at the same time. But once you work with your children to know that four things in your home can be happening at the same time, it really is an amazing, it's like a chess game. You know, you're always thinking ahead. 
to what's going on, what you're doing in the moment, what move you need to make next, and who's doing what, the other person. And so the four things in my home that I kept going at the same time, like on a wagon wheel, you think of yourself as like the hub of the wagon wheel. And the spokes, I just picture this wagon wheel with four spokes. And the first spoke is you have this group learning. So you could be doing group learning with multiple children, maybe on one subject. Maybe you're doing science and a unit study. The second spoke would be while all of the other kids are doing one of the other four things, you're doing one-on-one time with one of your children. And so you're either working on a difficult math lesson or you know, working on reading or giving a spelling test or something like that. The third spoke on the wheel would be a chore or household task. So something in your home is getting done, whether it's someone's emptying the dishwasher, playing with a, a little a little toddler, doing a little independent game or a snack, rocking a baby, or pla- practicing piano, one of their instruments or something like that. So that's the third spoke. And then the fourth spoke is that they will be doing their own independent studies. And so they'll go to their desk while you're doing either group learning with someone else. So those four things are always happening with everyone in your home, everyone and in your mind, you just know, they know you make up their own schedules and it keeps everything moving. And it's almost like this little rotation basis. That's why I compare it to a wheel because it just keeps turning and the spokes keep turning and everything that's getting done while the dynamics are getting done here. You're being freed up to hold the baby, read a book, like you're having this one-on-one time with your your children. Yes. I've never heard anyone express it that way. I have that that is it's so insightful and it's so it's so helpful because that that actually shows so clearly how all of this stuff is happening. And it's probably happening in people's families already, but they're rather than having the peace of understanding that all of these things are going and it's really how you want it to go. There's the guilt of not having the one-on-one time all the time or, or, you know, not letting this get done, whatever. And you're right. As you, I wrote those down as you were talking about them and kind of thinking back, that was the, that's the natural rotation that does happen. And when you can understand it, you're able to lean into it and, and really use it for your advantage rather than always having that stress of, uh, is it all getting done? So I, I, that's, that is really insightful. How did you, how did you isolate those things and actually kind of recognize that that's what was, what was going on? Well, I sat down one day when I reached a peak of severe frustration and discouragement. <laughs> I thought something has to change. And, you know, when we as people say that, it's very obvious something has to change. Yeah. And so I thought, OK, what I need to do, because we have 12 people in our household, whether you have two or 12, it really doesn't matter. You have a lot going on in your life. And so I took a whiteboard and I made a list of household things that need to be done every day, regardless if I'm homeschooling. Second column would have been intentional family time, things I want to make sure I do or spend time with my kids, whether it's a morning time basket, if I want to make sure I have some reading time with them, like I made a list of my things. And the third thing was academics. So, and then the fourth thing was, you know, independent chores or music lessons or things like that. And so once I was able to see the big picture of what our life looked like, one, you know, It would be like a library day or things that I knew I wanted my homeschooling to look like. Then I thought, 
okay, I'm just going to break everyone's schedule into four pieces in the whole schooling day. We're going to rotate through these things. And it was a big adjustment. It took a little, you know, changing here and there. But once you get into that, once the wheel starts turning, it it turns well. And I feel like if we are the hub of the wheel and we're sitting at a desk, uh, maybe holding the baby and the baby's in a little seat next to us with Cheerios and some, you know, blocks. And there's a toddler across from us playing tangrams. And we're like, that you're doing great. You're doing great. We're doing math and someone's off playing piano and someone's emptying dishwasher. Us as moms mentally relax. We know, wow, our household's getting done. I have baby time. The toddler seems super happy. And some people might think, well, that's great in an ideal world. But honestly, everyone flows in motion. We as moms, I say for the hub of the wheel, everyone follows our lead. Right. So if you know if we're calm if if we're turning if we're calm if we're if we're happy with the, the way things are going everyone settles into place we kind of set the tone for our homeschooling oh that is so true and i think that the way that that would impact moms is that peace in knowing that things are actually going the way they're supposed to it's not just chaos so without the perspective of this being intentional the the piano practice and the dishwasher and the toddlers. And uh, that is chaos in your brain until you recognize, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. This is exactly moving us where we want right. to go. And what a shift, what a what a difference that would make in just the mom's heart and mindset, which would allow them to be that hub so much more calmly and peacefully and really hold it all together so much better. Yeah, I I would not have said, and I may not even say today, that I was the best and strongest homeschooler. But I will say that the Lord had given me foresight, like one of my little things I would, you know, one of my gifts is to troubleshoot and be solution-minded. So I'd like to share this because it really revived my homeschooling. It really saved what I and myself as not a strong or experienced homeschooler. could I could not have done this without finding a solution to, and that brought the joy back to my homeschooling because I wasn't always feeling undone. I wasn't always feeling like I'm failing my children or my house or my husband, which are real things in homeschooling. Yeah. So it really saved my my homeschooling. It saved my mental concern over what's not getting done. And some days we actually just would put the schedule away and we would go outside or we'd go to the library or we'd take our books to the lake and do some painting. So we weren't so structured that we were bound to it, but right. it really was a life-saving. And so anyone, whether you have two, five, one, one child, it's really good to take, not only have a mission statement, but also to lay out the things that you want to see, not only want to see in your homeschooling, but the things that have to be done. And I think that is really where we get stuck. Like that's a big word for homeschoolers. We get stuck because there's things, there are things that have to be done. Yeah. Bills need to be paid. The dishes need to, someone has to make lunch. Someone has to make dinner. Someone has to get a shower. And so I think that's where we get stuck. They're like, okay, well, I've let everything go that I wanted to do, but there are things that need to be done and they're not getting done. And that's that's a lot that weighs on us heavily, especially when there are a lot of people and so laying this out like this was almost freeing and exciting yeah. for me. So for the for the mom who has a lot of children or multiple children, something that was super helpful to me after I created this big list was to 
And I, I found these magnetic printer sheets at the store. Now, this was like a miracle because I thought, <laughs> what in the world are these things? And, you know, today they're common day, but this was 30 years ago. And so I typed in all those things on my big whiteboard. I mean, down to brush your teeth, empty the dishwasher. And I broke my day into 30 minute increments and they were magnetic. And I, till I could see, wow, this is how we're going to get all of this done. And there were things in there like 30 minutes of quiet time. The whole house was quiet from one to one thirty. Everyone read a book. Like I was like, these are the things I want. They're possible. And these are the things I need. And it ended up being a really neat system. And my older kids who were adults now have their own family talk about that. They do that. And nice. um, it's, it's just really neat. And I can I can see that happening. And I can see them enjoying homeschooling. It's not drudgery. And I think I'm just so thankful that the Lord brought me through those middle years of homeschooling mm-hmm. because uh, it's hard to homeschool when you're not enjoying it. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. And, and I think that that the enemy would love to make us not enjoy it. So we give up because the the relational, the discipleship opportunities, all of those is so powerful within a homeschool family because of the time and, and opportunity that you have. You know, this is this has been so incredibly helpful. I really I've been taking notes like crazy because there's a lot to think about. Even as I am talking to other moms, this is this is such good stuff. But we are and, and we're getting low on time. I want you to tell you, you mentioned earlier while we were talking that you've got a new book that you're working on. I want you to kind of tease because I'm sure everyone will be very, very excited when that comes out. So when can we expect it? What's kind of the overall idea? What you're working on? That's sweet. Yes. Um, I'm writing a book with Moody Publishers and it's on homeschooling. I can't get the title out yet, I don't think. And I don't have the official release date, but I think it will be next spring of 2024. And if not, it'll be the fall. So it basically will be um, three seasons of homeschooling starting strong and the long haul, that middle section, and then finishing well. And that really is, that's just my passion because we, like I said, that word of getting stuck, like we get excited, we start homeschooling or we're worried about it. And then we start and then something may derail us or we just feel like, is this ever going to are we ever going to graduate our children or, or someone help me, you know, help me get through this because I'm feeling really stuck. And then just to finish well and to know that there are other people who've done it and this is what they've done and to just encourage and inspire other people who are in the middle or beginning stages of the journey. And even those that are in the end and they're like, wow, I just don't know if I can see the end of this road. Yeah. So that's what, that's what the book is about. Well, yay. I can't wait to see it when it comes out. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. September, thank you so very much for joining us today, for sharing the things that you've learned. Uh, I think you've given us all a lot to think about. And even as we're kind of going into this new homeschool year, doing some adjustments, realigning our thinking, it's going to be so, so helpful. Where can our listeners find you? How can they engage with you? And where can they find your other resources? You have some awesome resources. So tell us about that. Tell us where we can get them because I'm sure everyone's going to want to to run out and, and get more connected with you if they haven't already. I appreciate that. So SeptemberMcCarthy.net is my personal website where I just write. And then September and Co. It's A-N-D-C-O.com is my shop. So I have a lot of homeschooling resources. And then online on Instagram, I'm September and with an E. That's my personal. It's easy to put my name in them. And um, so, yep, 
that's where you can find me. Well, thank you so much. And we will link all of those so that you're able to easily click over. So again, September, thank you for for hanging out with me today. Thank you. Yeah, for everyone else, thank you guys for spending the time with us as well. You know, we say every single week, the Great Commission begins right there at home. And as you are homeschooling, you have so many opportunities to seize those moments, to take just natural conversations and help point your kids to Jesus, help them have a foundation for their faith, help them to understand how all of these different pieces of what's going on actually fit in to make them the whole person that God created them to be. We have a tremendous opportunity and God has given us the time and the privilege of homeschooling. And so I hope that you are excited about that. I hope that what September shared today has given you a lot to think about. And even, you know, as you're evaluating the way that your day runs, think about that that wheel that she was talking about. I suspect it's already happening in the background. So when you can wrap your head around it and actually look at it, you'll find a lot more peace in that. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.